We are pleased to introduce tonight's real host, Jonathan Gold. Jonathan Gold is the Pulitzer Prize winning food critic of the LA Weekly. He began his career there in the early 1980s, covering music as well as food. He has also written for the Los Angeles Times, Blender, Spin, Rolling Stone, and Gourmet Magazine. He is also the author of Counterintelligence, Where to Eat in the Real Los Angeles. We're pleased and grateful to the great Mr. Jonathan Gold. Hi, Jonathan. I guess nobody really appreciates that. Thank you very much for coming, and thanks for supporting Zocalo, which is a really important organization in Los Angeles, bringing unbelievable uh, booms of feedback to the... <laughs> really? <laughs> people of the county, and free, le free lectures all year long from some of the, from Nobel Prize winners to some of the most distinguished people in our society. And it's free, and I'm not sure what the city would do without it. I'm here to talk about the cocktail moment in Los Angeles, the moment uh, starting probably in the middle of last year and continuing till now where cocktails and the way we drink and spirits culture in Los Angeles has become in a lot of ways the most vivid part and the most constantly evolving part of cuisine in our city. And with us today, we have some incredible people who have been right at the center of everything that's going on. Uh, to my immediate left, we have Sed Moses, who's head of the 213 group, which owns an astonishing percentage of the great bars in Los Angeles. Uh, Seven Grand and the Doheny and Coles and... The Varnish. The Varnish. How can I... How can I forget the varnish, the room where I have left a great part of my liver over the last <laughs> six months? I'm sorry! <laughs> it's loud. It's really loud. Sorry. And, <laughs> and the Broadway, and has had as much to do, and the Golden Gopher, and has had as much to do with the resurgence of downtown Los Angeles as I would submit any developer has. Next is um, Michael Chimarusti who is the chef of Providence, uh, one of Los Angeles's best restaurants, if not its very best restaurant. And the first chef that I know of, <laughs> who actually thought about cuisine in terms of cocktails as much as he did in terms of wine, that um, two or three or four years ago, tasting one of Michael's you know, long, involved, and beautiful menus, there was a course that he paired with a cocktail, which in all my years of dining, I had never seen. It was always wines. It was always this Alsatian wine, or this Burgundy, or this California Zinfandel. And it was a revelation that the, was, was it uh, scallops with tangerine? I'm, um, it just would not have gone as well with something that was not a cocktail. And we'll talk to him about the uh, interface, let's say, between uh, cocktails and cuisine. We have uh, Vincenzo Marinella, who has had 
a hand in many, many of the great bars in Los Angeles. He, in fact, was the bartender at Providence when Michael was doing a lot of his great experiments, and he went on to be one of the founding bartenders at the Doheny and has developed cocktail menus for many, many places and now has a splendid bar of his own in Santa Monica called Copa de Oro, where his specialty is using farmer's market produce and making drinks on the spur of the moment using the best of the produce of the day and the desires of his clients and sort of what the spirit is telling him to do. <laughs> and finally, uh, Eric Alperin, who is the bartender of the Varnish. Um, That's four. I got five. Thank you. And a partner, a, uh, which is a wonderful semi-speakeasy in the back of Coles that serves absolutely perfect cocktails, some of which are classics that you could have had in 1895 and some of which Eric made up that morning and it's often hard to tell the difference. And for that... Thank you. We thank him. Also, also, he's the person in Los Angeles who brought the um, heritage of m milk and honey, and which is one of the great cocktail bars of New York, where he worked for a very long time, and sort of bringing the, the New York school of modern cocktail Today's making to Los Angeles. Who knows if you have my mic on? Thanks. Mm -hmm. So, said I, th I thought I'd ask you, because I know you've been actually thinking a lot about the intersection of, of cock, cock, I'm sorry, go ahead. Can we just sabotage you for like three minutes? It might, be, it might be like four minutes, but we thought, um, this was a lovely idea on Seth's part, but we thought since this was about cocktails. In your honor, we it, thought we'd make your favorite cocktail on stage. Oh, wow. Thank yeah. you very much. We're going we're gonna, to, yeah. We just yeah. thought it wouldn't be right. I wanted to roast Jonathan, and then said said that was a horrible it's idea, cold. so we should actually make him his favorite cocktail. To Ramos so, um, Oh, wow. Would, would, would Matty, Matty Eggleston, one of my bartenders from the Varnish, would you make your way? Oh, there you go. Hey, Keith, would you bring that? Just, just as a, uh, an stay honor, up here. Jonathan Gold, everybody. So famous New Orleans cocktail, and um, uh, we'll requires a very, that. very long <laughs> shake. So uh, I'm going to invite Maddie. Where are you going? Where are you going? Joel, you want to come up here? John Coltharp, you want to come up here as well? Because we're all going to shake this cocktail for Jonathan Gold. Please don't think about ordering the Ramos Gin Fizz when you come to our bars, because it takes about 10 or 15 minutes, only when it's really quiet and come to the varnish. <laughs> Our seven grand or some of our other mm -hmm. spots because it's famous drink because Henry Ramos, right? Take it away, it several yep. hundred years ago in uh, New Orleans. And it's mm -hmm. famous because it needs to be shaken a long time. So, <laughs> so we're keep bring, talking, we're I'm not even at the up, shaking part yet. So we're gonna bring up multiple bartenders to shake it just for Jonathan. Do, do it the right way. Sounds the the first time I met Eric was actually at the uh, bar of Coles. Um, this is a, that's actually a great story. I, 
I, I, I was at Kohl's, uh, the Kohl's bar, probably three or four weeks before the varnish opened. And because it seemed like the kind of place that would have a good Ramos gin fizz, I ordered one. And the bartender had a look of fear on his face. <laughs> it's lucky I was there. <laughs> and initially, when we opened Seven Grand, we, we tried to serve that drink. We had it on the menu, and we'd have the bartenders pass the shaker down the, down the line mm. just to, but then it just, bar started mm. getting too crowded, and we couldn't, we couldn't pull it off. But er Eric was uh, sitting next to me at the bar, and I ended up talking to him for almost an hour about about cocktails, about cocktails in Los Angeles, about cocktails in New York, where he'd come from. Um, I don't, neither of us knew who the other were. We were just two guys at a bar with old fashions in our hands, in uh, talking about drink, which is one of the good things, is as it should be. Truly really was the most relaxed and best interview I've ever had. <laughs> it's best to do it over a drink. I it think. is. And it actually saved me from doing the formal interview for the piece later on. But well, we can keep going on the interview because this drink Like takes, we said, it takes, takes a, a long time to make this drink. It takes a while to so make So we have gin, we have lemon and lime, simple syrup, a little bit of cream, then um, the nice egg. So, so said you're, you're, you're awesome. fond of talking about your uh, these guys, and then what do you what do you do with that? Just put that in your hair. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just doing my hair with the egg. I didn't want to There's waste it. There's something egg. about Eric. <laughs> the egg shampoo. And now, of course, what makes a Ramos gin famous is the orange flower water. <laughs> but not too much. Just a drop. One, two, three, four. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be a big one because if we all shake, it's going to be a big Ramos. <laughs> Sorry. So uh, you're, you're fond of talking about your experiences with cocktails uh, going back to your um, mother's house, your grandmother's house in Tennessee? Yeah, Bristol, Virginia. Bristol, Virginia. It's on the border of Tennessee. And, <laughs> and uh, she would start out with um, gin fizzes in the mornings and then move to juleps? It was, it was, um, it was pretty All right, much, guys, get up here. It's pretty much mint juleps in all afternoon. Right, yeah, and then the, just stand right here. When the fireflies came out, for this. she'd switch to bourbon and branch water, and that was mint julep. Fireflies coming out, that was her sign to put down the mint julep cup, switch to bourbon and branch water. So, so it was kind of. We have a timer. I always admired that, and now I inherited her beautiful mint julep cups, which Vincenzo has had made me some amazing mint juleps with. Thank you, thank you, Vincenzo. Good guys. Mint julep is an important drink, but you're right, you probably don't want to mix mint with fireflies. It's, no. It's just wrong. No. So, yeah, so started back there with my grandmother. And then and you had your uh, second... Uh... <laughs> That's very impressive. <laughs> and, and your second cocktail epiphany came when you had a big dinner at uh, Booker Noe's house? Yeah, Fred Booker Noe. Well, I think that was like a, that was going, a whiskey, more of a whiskey epiphany for me, having, having dinner at Fred Booker Noe's house. And he basically would bring out, 
once he figured out what whiskey you like, he would put a whole bottle in front of you to start off the meal. That's how, that's how Fred Booker now drank. Anyway. Okay, go. <laughs> Tap it's kind of. And it, it, go. It's, it's tr like trying to have a conversation during the uh, Olympic swimming relays or something. <laughs> exactly. <isn't> it? <laughs> <laughs> it is. A little entertainment value while we're... Yeah. Do, do you know that uh, scene at the beginning of The Thin Man where... Um, Put the glass on there. W William Powell's trying to instruct the, the, the bartender just how, how to shake his martini. Right. And so, you know, uh, a martini should be done uh, in uh, three-quarter time, and uh, Manhattan should be done to the pace of a wall. <laughs> One of the great, great drinking films. The great drinking films of all time. It is. So we have John Colthorpe mm -hmm. shaking right now. Joel, Joel Black, who's over at Doheny. And, of course, Matty Eagleston, who's over at uh, Varnish and... and Edison. Come on, well. Papa. No? One more. One no? more. We're no, almost anymore. there. We're Sorry. almost there. We can almost get on with the show. I'm up. And <laughs> some right now. Come on. Yeah. yeah. All right, yeah. Come on, yeah. everyone. Let's go. I have a cappuccino mousse for this one. I'm not taking minutes. Hi. It's going to be your best Ramos gin to this, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. I, I can hardly wait. <laughs> the first. I'm trying to remember my first one. Well, you know, we're at we're at about three minutes and thirty seconds here. I guess we lied. It wasn't going to take us ten minutes. Okay. Jonathan Gold. <laughs> Where was your first Ramiston fizz? New Orleans? Hmm? New Orleans was my best Ramos Gin Fizz. Uh, is this too much? No, no this, hopefully this is your best Ramos Gin Fizz. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Gold, we thank you for being such a huge fan of our cocktail. Thank yeah. you, sir. <laughs> Cheers. Enjoy. <laughs> gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Cheers. 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 Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Cheers to you all. Thank you to all the bartenders. <laughs> so, Michael, what first convinced you of the uh, necessity for of cocktails as part of a uh, fine restaurant? Well, I didn't. I didn't really believe in it, but you see how big this guy is, Mike, and he just. Um, um, I don't know. It's, he convinced me of it. Honestly, I had no idea. I mean. In, in terms of like the passion and the level of creativity that goes into cocktails nowadays, mm -hmm. and I, I um, you know, I, I just really wasn't aware of the movement until Vincenzo, you know, um, you know, sort of brought it to Providence. I really, I mean, I have to credit him. He he was there. He spent more time there before we opened than I think I did. You know, the three months <laughs> leading up to the restaurant uh, restaurant's opening, he was there every day. You know, and uh, and I kept asking my partner Donato, "Have we hired that guy? Is is he part of the team?" And he's like, "Well, I, yeah. I mean, he, just, he keeps coming, so I guess he is. Yeah." And uh, you know, he was our opening bartender, and uh, you know, 
it's the level of passion that he brought to, to what he does that, that really convinced me that it, it, it should be a, a part of what we do, um, um, you know, culinarily. And, and it's still today it is. I mean, I think the legacy that he left behind is carried through with the bartenders that we've had uh, since he left. Did it surprise you when he wanted to use all the tools that were in your kitchen, you know, to do sous vide, to make uh, the liquor stronger and to... Uh, and to use the uh, gels, the molecular cuisine sort yeah. of alchemy to make his drinks better? Yeah, definitely. And I think, um, you know, I, I, I think as with, um, you know, like any good creative endeavor, you know, the more people that you have involved and the more people that bring their ideas and their knowledge and their passion to, the, to, to whatever it is that you're doing, um, you know, I think it, it serves to inspire everyone. Mm. Oh, really? We can't get enough of you, so we need a double mic here. <laughs> anyway, I think it serves to inspire everybody, you know, everyone involved. And it, and it certainly, um, you know, we, we would go back and forth and trade ideas and, and I would, you know, talk about dishes and what might work with them. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it definitely uh, helped shape what the restaurant was all about. And, and uh, I have to credit Vincenzo for that. <laughs> Thank you. Was there ever a moment that you thought Vincenzo or another one of your bartends was just going too far? No, well, I mean, I think Vincenzo's mad. You know, I, th I don't think there's any uh, doubt about that, you know. Um, but, uh, but in a good way, you know what I mean? He's, he's as passionate about uh, bartending um, as I'm sure, you know, everybody up here is or all the people involved over here are. Um, he's as passionate about bartending and mixology as I am about food. And, and you know, when you... When you um, when, when you're involved with people like that, it's just, um, it's, it's really great, you know, and no, nothing bad could come of it, you know, and nothing ever did. Great. Yeah. I think we should let him speak now. I, I think I'm going to. So, so, Vincenzo, with your going through the, spending so much time at the farmer's market and looking at produce, and I've seen you, like, go through entire bins of herbs and shake your head, um, how much, how do you think food and cocktails are coming together right now? Mm. Wow. I, I guess I'm the, I'm the only, only two one. one three is working. What does that yeah. say How about come? this, this event? <laughs> no, I guess I, they wanted to hear what I had to say. <laughs> um, well, I mean, when I still remember the first day they, with Perry, uh, food with cocktail. Michael came to me, uh, I think it was an hour before we opened uh, the restaurant, and said, oh, taste this dish. Oh, fantastic. Okay, nice. Now Perry with a cocktail. Ah, thank you. Um, <laughs> Mm -hmm. I mean, it, pairing food with cocktails is kind of difficult because there is the, the strength of the alcohol. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it's fun and it's possible. And uh, as you said, you enjoy it. A lot of people enjoy it. So, I mean, quality always pays and just a little bit more attention on, uh, on the, um, all the ingredients is going to go a long way. We've talked a lot about uh, our mutual hero, uh, Pepe Ruiz, and the, uh, the flaming martini of love. Flame of love cocktail, yes. Uh, uh, and, and I know you've actually been trying to work on a documentary on, on the subject. Uh, that, that, was, that was one of the first cocktails I was ever fascinated with at the, uh, at the Old Chase and something, a drink that was actually invented for Dean Martin, which is as good a Hollywood uh, pedigree as you can imagine. But uh, tell me what you've been finding out about him. Well, uh, it's, it's for you, those of you that don't know, um, uh, Pepe Ruiz was um, 
one of uh, famous Latin bartender at uh, Chasen's in Beverly Hills, which, as you all know, is now closed. But um, he, uh, he worked there for many years, and uh, the Rat Pack was known to, um, to, uh, to come to Chasen's when they weren't in Vegas. And one day, uh, Dean Martin went to the bar and said, Pepe, we come here all the time when we're not in Vegas. I think I deserve a cocktail named after me. So, next time the Rat Pack came in, Pepe put together this Flame of Love cocktail, which, um, which isn't actually that good. That's mm-hmm. in my opinion, but um, it's a rinse of sherry. It's uh, flaming three orange peels in the glass. Then Pepe liked to shake his vodka. He shook it, he strained it, and then he flamed another peel. So it was a cocktail more for show. But um, you know what fascinated me about it was the history of Jason's, uh, Pepe Ruiz, and, um, uh, and the fact that uh, when Dean Martin tasted this cocktail, he dragged Sinatra to the bar. Not that Sinatra needed to be dragged to a bar, but he got into the <laughs> bar and uh, had him taste it. And Sinatra was so taken by the cocktail that um, he ordered 200 of them for the entire restaurant. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, Pepe, as great a bartender as he was, as great a bartender as you know, any one of us bartenders here is, we can't make 200 cocktails on, on call. So he got the entire kitchen staff out and they proceeded to make 200 Flames of Love. So that's been my fascination about the, the Flame of Love cocktail. And um, sadly, I have not been able to find Pepe. I, I even ended up at uh, Musso and Frank's um, and spoke to uh, Manny, uh, who's been there for 20 years. And, and when I asked him about Pepe, he said, oh yeah, I know Pepe, yeah, absolutely. I was actually, he asked me to work the last day at Chasen's, but he told me the last day was, I think it was, they closed on the first or the, they closed on the first, right, of mm-hmm. April. Oh, he, said, he says it was on the second, so I showed up on the second and nobody was there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so, so anyway, Manny said that he didn't have any contact to Pepe Ruiz, and uh, I've, I've had a fruitless search. But uh, in that search, I've met a lot of wonderful people, um, a lot of old bartending gurus, and uh, I've gotten some great stuff. So hopefully the documentary will turn into something uh, very informative, and yet uh, it won't, at least at this point, be about Pepe until I find him. So if anybody here knows the whereabouts of Pepe Ruiz, I can be contacted at, at 917-913-5319. Thanks. Uh, what, uh, another question for you, and maybe for anybody else on the panel, but. Everybody always thinks of cocktails as a very old thing, starting in uh, with the Jerry Thomas book, which we've all committed to memory, which was 1862. Uh, a book from 1862, so modern that it actually includes jello shots. Although he didn't call them jello shots, jello shots were what they were. We call them uh, je- jelly, jelly shots. Jellies, yeah. yeah. I don't know, maybe it worked. No, yeah, no, uh, absolutely. And, but there's this thought of cocktails being a retro thing, being something very much from the past, very much of having a heyday in either the 1890s or the, or the immediate post-prohibition era. But there's also the sense of now cocktails are embracing the past in a way they never have before, but also moving forward. And could you talk about that a little bit? Sure, I, I, I fully agree with that. I mean, it is, it is the first American, wholly American culinary art. Um, you know, we invented it. The Americas invented this. And um, I, I think what's, what's really cool is that at the Varnish, we're, you know, we're old salts. We, we, we prescribe to, to, you know, to old recipes. And I guess sometimes I say we're kind of like the Shakespeare of cocktails. 
And then, but, but hold on, but what's really important to me is, is process. And that's why, like, when I worked with Vincenzo when we, we did the Doheny program together, I mean, his, his, his programs are a bit more progressive. Like, we're not, we're, we don't even bring, we don't bring in sage, we're not using basil in our cocktails. Um, we're using ingredients and, and specs that they had back in the day. And of course, we modify them to the glassware we use, but really, they're classic, old classic cocktails. We'll do teeny little spins on them here and there. But, um, you know, something, what, what's really lovely, what I see now is that people are prescribing to a, 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 a process um, to, uh, to form in making cocktails. And... Um, and to me, that's my beef with most bars that I go to. If, if, if they don't have a sense of process, if they're classic, if they're progressive, if they're a sports bar, if they're a beer and shot bar, as long as they have a sense of what they want to be. And I think that's happening more often now. I think the most beautiful thing I've ever heard you say is that, you know, ice is to a bartender what flame is to a chef. Yeah. And I think that may really be true. Yeah. Because um, once you introduce ice to the liquid, it changes. Yeah. Just like once you introduce the flame to... The, what you're preparing, it changes. So, so, uh, so said. There's there's a sense in a lot of in in a lot of your bars, and I've heard it said that uh, cocktails are really <clears throat> two beverages. What jazz is to music, the first, as he was saying, the first really truly purely American form. Has that informed what you've been doing at all? Um, I think definitely. I mean. They say that, um, yeah, that it was our first signature cuisine, cocktails. And um, I think, for me, restoring part of Los Angeles, I feel like I'm part of that process mm -hmm. in downtown. And at the same time, bringing back great classic cocktails and, and helping create a culture of amazing bartenders like these guys um, simultaneously is like, been a really amazing experience. Um, yeah, I think it's a special time in LA. Thanks. And I'll and Michael, I'll I'll leave you with the last word since I think that a lot of what we're talking about is the intersection of cocktails and cuisine. Um, if you were, what what magic do cocktails have? What um, what magic? does your cooking have and where do you think it intersects? How would you cook a dish to make a cocktail sing and how would a cocktail make your dish sing? Well, I mean, I, th I think, um, you know, there, there are ways to more directly link food sometimes with, mm -hmm. with um, cocktails um, or distilled spirits than there are with, uh, with wine. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, wine has, um, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, you know, wine and food, they clearly have a great affinity for each other and, and no one would ever deny that. But again, um, you know, wine comes out of a bottle as it was made, whenever it was made. Right. And, um, and a cocktail is something that can be modified and adjusted to be specifically, um, you know, uh, calibrated for a certain dish or, you know, to be served at a certain temperature with a, with a certain item. And, and I think that's what's really amazing about it. It's just more dynamic because there's, there's you know, a lot more immediate, um, you know, ability for the bartender to change what it is that he wants to do. Mm -hmm. As a sommelier, he's only got what's in the bottle. Great. More variation. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, Vincenzo proved to me that mm -hmm. how, just how dynamic that stuff can be because, mm -hmm. you know, and even, uh, uh, you know, that cocktail that I had earlier, mm -hmm. a gin cocktail that, that, that you had made that, you know, I hate gin. And mm -hmm. I could clearly taste the gin in this cocktail, but I loved it. So, I mean, to me, that's, 
it's pretty, you know, it's pretty brilliant. Uh, but, but as for, you know, food and, and uh, cocktails, I mean, um, you know, Vincenzo really uh, taught me the gospel when it comes to that. And, and, I, and um, you know, it's something that I still turn to all the time. You know, a great example is we had a, a group in our chef's table uh, recently that were too young to drink, actually. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't offer them any wine. They, they had a 16-course chef menu coming, and they were going to sit there and drink tea and water. So I went to our bartender who, you know, is someone that uh, Vincenzo had worked with and also very talented and said, you know, can you make some virgin cocktails for these people to pair with a menu? And she knows what the menu is. So she came up with different um, virgin cocktails to go through the menu. Mm-hmm. And it was brilliant. The kids really appreciated it and they, they had something to go with each course that, that really worked with, with what they were eating. And, and uh, it was great, you know. And if there was alcohol in there, they would have been even better. So. Great. Thank you very much. And cheers. Thank you all for, thank you very much for coming.